All right, Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse 6. And it says, therefore, I'm reading from the King James, therefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse 14, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless now, Lord. Let your word explode within our hearts. Let it take on proper meaning within us and let us move us to action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Stir up the gift of God. All of us have a gift of God. Sometimes we spend a whole lifetime and never discover the gifting that God has put within each of us. But we have to keep that gift stirred. The message translation put it this way. And the special gift of ministry you receive when I laid hands on you and prayed, keep that blazing. Keep that blazing. The Apostle Paul here exalted his son Timothy to stir up the gift that was given unto him by the laying on of his hand. The very term itself, the very term itself, gifts, let you know that it did not, it did not originate with you did not originate with you. You did not say, I found it, this gift. It was given to you. Paul leaves no question that this gift that we have within us come from God. Everything that God does is with forethought. You'll never see God standing around and saying, oh, put his hand up in the rest. Oh, Lord, what those people are doing. You, you'll never see him doing that because he knows your action before you ever take the action. He is, and that's the thing that separates him from all the other gods. All the other gods talk about uh, what did happen. Our God stained at the beginning and he declared the end. He's the only one that can do it. See, the others deal in history. God deals in prophecy. He tells the future. He's not afraid to tell it because he's already there. We have to understand that God, God is not in time. God is outside of time dealing with people that's in time. That's why the apostle said one day with the Lord is a thousand years. In a thousand years this is one day because he is eternal. We see a day as 24 hours. God looked Amen. And he says, uh, David looked and said, it's less than a breath. Shakespeare says, like a shadow. So we find out that on the outside of time, eternity, eternity, compared to time, time is nothing. Like that. It means nothing to him. He's on the outside of time. Therefore, he can predict the things that are going to happen even before these things ever come into being. And so he has given us gifting. 
He has given us gifting. Many times we fail to recognize uh, the, the gifting that we have. But your, your, your very being was ordained by God. You are no accident. You are no mistake. Whether you was born in matrimony or outside of matrimony, you are no mistake. If God didn't want you to be here, guess what? You wouldn't be here. Amen. You are here on purpose to serve a purpose. Say it with me. I am here on purpose to serve a purpose. And you are so unique until God has created things especially for you. Your, your tribulation is geared just for you. He knows that Lynette need a special twist in her tribulation. He knows that Brother Brooks need something different from her. And then he'll look at Tanisha and say, she needs something different from David. You, you see, so he don't just uniformly throw something out there. Each, each problem that we have is tailor-made especially for you to bring forth the gifting that God has placed within your life. Now, you can abort the gifting, but the accountability for the gifting will always be there. But I, I wish I had the testimony of the woman of Samaria. She did wrong all her life. And her one testimony brought out the whole city. I, I don't know about y'all, but I've never brought out a, sister, a city with my testimony. How about you? This, this, this woman did the main thing. <laughs> Not M-A-I-N, M-A-N thing. <laughs> so you can never judge who God will and who God will not use. The very person that you criticize might be the one that got the message that God wants you to have. But sometimes we cannot overlook their mistakes. And sometimes people count you out and say you'll never be. But you never can tell. Sometimes with you and your righteousness will never bring anybody. Here's somebody that's made all kinds of mistakes. They may be the one that somebody that, that's believable. God has given you a gifting. I call this young man nation when he was messed up less than a pawn. But God is able to deliver. <laughs> Amen. He don't call things the way they uh, just uh, are or appear. He called those things that are not as though they already was. So, so I, I don't care how many mistakes you might have made in your lifetime. God has given you a gifting in your life. Nobody is made by accident. And each, each, each one of us was in the forethought of God millions of years, if not billions of years, compared to scientists. Before you ever came on the planet Earth, you were in God's special thinking. I don't even think that we even realize how unique we are. We are very unique. We downplay how important we are. 
but you are very important. Somebody is depending on you doing your job. Somebody is depending on the gifting that God has put in you in order for their lives to be fulfilled. So I want you to get up off yourself. I want you to start thinking about the fact I am specially made by God for a special purpose. A special purpose. Let's look at the person next to you and say, you know you're special. Amen. Amen. You, you tell, tell them one more time. Say, you know you're special. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, you are. And, and what you're going through right now is part of the making process. God is making you to be what you need to be in him. And so he talks about this gift. Let's us know that we are not made by accident. And the gifting that we have, amen, was given to us by Jesus Christ. Jesus went to a, a, a lot of tribulations and trials. He went to death, hell, and the grave to give you your gift. So the gift that you have is not cheap. It was acquired at a great sacrifice by Jesus Christ. In the book of Ephesians chapter number 4, Verse number 8, the apostle Paul put it this way. He said, wherefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity and gave gifts unto men. So he paid a price to get you the gift that you have. So don't take that gift and just set on it and do nothing about it. You've got to feign your gift into blazing. Uh, you know, sometimes we sit around and we get stale. Oh, y'all know how you do when you get stale. We have no excitement. A smoking church. But the writer said we can't be a smoking church. We got to be a blazing church. But if you don't think you are important, you'll never blaze. You just kind of just smoke along. Smoke along. But the apostle said, you need to feign it until it starts blazing. Keep yourself fresh. Don't become dumbheaded by just looking at television 24-7. You got to do some stuff to keep yourself fresh. We're looking for everybody else to keep us fresh. We're looking to do one thing to keep us fresh for life. But one thing is not going to keep you fresh for life. You got to keep on feigning. Look at somebody just kind of do them like this. Amen. Say, let's feign it. Let's feign. Let's feign this thing. And, and let me tell you what. People that are just smoking, all you do is choke up people. And sometimes that's all our lives do. We just choke up people. We, 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 we don't have no breath about us. We just choke up everybody. But, but, but when, when you get to the place that you, amen, became blazing for Christ, you were able to do like the apostle, amen, uh, John the Baptist did when he stood and he saw Jesus Christ. He was blazing in the wilderness. He looked up and saw him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Because when you really start blazing, you recognize the move of God. You know when God is moving. Nobody else might not be able to recognize it, but when you blazing, you recognize the move of God. Amen. The devil might be working against you, but you know 
know when you're blazing that it represents the move of God. And therefore, amen, he said, we got to keep ourselves fresh. You got to read, you got to pray, you got to listen to somebody else. But don't just sit around and just be stale. We come to church stale. This, amen, every week, week in, week out, we just stale. Sometimes you got to take some time to thank yourself into a tizzle. You got to thank yourself into an emotion. Sometimes when I get a little dull, I sit down and I start going back and I start thinking about how good God has been to me. What you're doing, preacher? I'm feigning myself to keep myself, amen, hot. I, I can't wait on you to heat me up. I got to take this thing and I got to keep on feeling. What you're doing, I start saying amazing grace. How sweet the sound that save a wretch like me. I go back and think about how far God have bought me from and sometimes I testify not in church I put my hand on my ear and start testifying because I know how far God has bought me and I know it's very important that you stay hot and you stay blazing because when you start getting dull the devil will move in on your territory but when you are hot for God the devil is afraid of you because every time he get a little close to you you burn him he's out and he got to move back but amen God is a he said I'm a burning fire and God will burn on the inside of you and he 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 is a fire amen that's always burning when Moses looked he didn't see a smothering bush he saw a burning bush God is looking for a people that's willing to burn. If I got to think of something, let me think it up. If I got to read a book, let me read a book. But I got to do something to keep myself hot. Oh, God, help me right now. Because God has given me a gift. Now, next point is that gift that God has given you has also given you a responsibility. There is a responsibility that goes along with the God, with the gift that God has given me. Although you have been given this precious gift, you have a responsibility to to feign it into blazing. You got to keep it in mind, the gift, a man that God has given you serves an eternal purpose. You are not just serving the people at Redeemed Assembly. It goes past Redeemed Assembly. You're going to bless somebody outside of this church that's going to bless somebody outside of this church that's going to bless somebody outside of this country. You're going to bless somebody. So you're not just, just doing something. You have a responsibility that God has given you what you need for you. Now, he has given to you your servant ability. Some of us don't know what we can do because every time we get to what we think is our max, we quit. Ask your neighbor, how many times are you going to quit? Ask, look, look, look at them, look at them, look, make sure they understand you. Look at them and say, how many times are you going to quit? Now let me ask you, how many times 
Have you quit really? Every time the pressure come on, you quit. Every time things don't go your way, you quit. Guess what? Every time you quit, you got to start over. How many times have you started with a fire in your heart said, this time I'm going through. This time I'm going to make it. This time I ain't going to let nobody stop me. And when God gets you to the place, he's ready to How many of y'all know you can't be stretched until you get to your limit? It's like a rubber band. When you put tension on a rubber band, that's not how far it can stretch. It just lets you know how far it is when it's relaxed. How many of you are ready to come out of relaxing to be stretched? So when you get ready to stretch, you put the pressure on. He's not going to break you, but he's going to stretch you. A rubber band cannot do any good until it's stretched enough to put on pressure. Why would you put a rubber band around something with the rubber band hanging loose on it? Would that make any sense? No, the rubber band is made for stretching. It's at its best when it is maxed out. So you are at your best when God maxes you out to hold something together. That's the reason why he stretched you. So you're stretched. And every time you make up your mind, you're going to do something for God. And God starts stretching you. After a while, you start looking around. You start saying, oh, this and this one's against me. And the other one, ain't nobody against you, honey. Ain't nobody against you. That is something to stretch you to get you to the place where God can do something in your life. Well, well, preacher, what am I going to do? Find a reason to rejoice. Find a reason to rejoice. Instead of you keeping score of who did something against you, instead of doing that, find a reason to rejoice. Amen. Find a reason to rejoice. You know what you need to do? Take a, take a break and just laugh. Just laugh. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at a dog. Laugh at a leaf. Laugh at something. But take a break and laugh. Start doing something. Something that'll take your mind off of the pressure. You can't concentrate on the pressure. You got to look at what is going to carry you to. How God is going to deliver you. You got to make up your mind. I'm not quitting this time. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it over and over until I get it right this time. I will not quit. I'm going to keep on fainting until somebody else can see my fire. The devil don't mind a church that's just smoldering. I think that's what they call lukewarm. I don't know whether y'all are used to fires or not, but in the, when we used to come along in the country, we made a fire. The fire be blazing. When the wood is off it, it goes down to just being red. Then after a while, it starts turning black. Then when it get down to black, they say it's just smoldering. When you want to get it up, you got to stir the fire. You stir it by putting more wood on it. God's going to give you, God is about to give you an experience that's going to stir your flame. If you stay with God, just like uh, Sean was saying, you never can tell who will call on you that needs your testimony. Where everybody else may be ashamed of their testimony. If you done did something wrong, let it serve a purpose. 
Don't just let it happen to you and let it don't serve no purpose at all. The woman, the, 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 the woman of Samaria, yes, she done ran a whole lot of men down. And she was right to tick on Jesus. But in trying to tick on Jesus, Jesus gave purpose to her running men down. And he, she went back to the city that come see a man that told me everything I you can tell. That's all she ever did. Because all Jesus talked about was her men. And she said, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. And he turns around and he takes that and he turns that. Amen. Like in the case of Sean, he turns it away from a disgrace. He turns it into a testimony that will change the lives of men. You're not the only one that's going through what you're going through. So when you get through, share your testimony with somebody else. Somebody go in my past, want to dig up my past. Go, you're welcome to go back there and dig up anything you want to dig. Y'all, you going to find something? Yes, you're going to find something. I can tell you up front. That don't amount to how much I'm gonna find in your past. Hallelujah. Everybody in here got a past. I don't care if the baby ain't but two days old, they got a past. I got a past. You got a past. All of God's children got a past. My, 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 my question to you, are you going in the direction of your past or are you going in the opposite direction? All of us got a past. But what you got to do is take what you got right now and start flaming until it becomes a purpose. Because you are put here for a purpose to do what God has called you to do. And he has given you the ability. In the book of Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15, this is what it says. For the kingdom of heaven is like a main uh, traveling unto a far country who calls his own servant and delivers unto him his good. And unto one he gives five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. God has given you a talent according to your ability. You have one. And God sent me here to tell you, you got to feign it until it blazes. Feign it to the extent you can't keep still. Feign it until you're at the place you got to talk about your gift. Now, you know, one of the things that, that the enemy does to us is this. Your gift is needed. That will be my next point. But what the enemy have done to us, he let you forget your calling and let you concentrate on trifles. You know, one of the things that will help you to really Get into your gifting when you start saying what your gift is. So, you know, I'm a teacher. You know, I'm a prophet. He said, well, what, 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 what do I got to do with it? Have you ever noticed how the devil tried to distract you from who you are? He tried it on Jesus. That's why, this is the reason why there was that wilderness experience. And the devil said, if you be the son. Do you, you think Jesus knew who he was? But the devil said, if you be the son of God. Some of y'all are saying, if you are a teacher. If you are a prophet. And it does crazy when you got the gift of healing. And then the devil start messing with your mind. Go test that one right there. 
you up there sneaking around people and patting them on the back and doing some of everything. Because you doubt, you really don't know who you are. You know, you you don't walk up to them right there and, and just pat them. See if they're gonna get healed. And if they don't get healed, so you go on and say, I'm gonna wait till somebody get healed before I can say I got the gift of healing. You can't wait. You got to constantly remind people who you are. And you got to remind yourself, more importantly, who you are. This is what Jesus said. After the wilderness experience that he had with the devil, when he let the devil know, I know who I am. After the, all of this was over, this is what Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach. Now, you've got to believe this, that God has called your life for this purpose. Now, let me tell you what. Some of the stuff that you keep falling into, once you acknowledge your gift, you're going to stop stumbling in those areas. You are stumbling in these areas because you don't know who you are or what God has called you to do. I don't have a problem. You know why I don't have a problem? Because every week I'm preaching. I don't have to wonder, is, I'm a preacher. No, no, no. I'm preaching every week. You understand that? Well, why is, why is Bishop so certain about his gift? Because I'm always proclaiming, I'm a preacher. Once you're in this secret is this. You got to know who you are. You got to proclaim who you are. If you make mistakes, still proclaim it. What you're doing is feigning. I laid hands on somebody and they didn't get healed. I preach a message. Didn't go over so well. Do that stop me from being a preacher? No. I'm still a preacher. The people just didn't receive it. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If a person is singing and the song didn't go over, no, the song didn't go well, I'm still a singer. I was just hoarse today. You see, nothing stopped you from what God has called you to be. Your mistakes don't stop you from being what God has called you to be. But sometimes the devil will talk to you above what God has called you and have you denying the gift of God. Paul said this, amen, this is the way Paul puts it. He said, a dispensation of the gospel has been committed unto me and woe be to me if I preach not the gospel. He saw a mandate on his life. But see, some of us think we got plenty of time and we don't have a mandate on our life. We don't see the importance of us preaching. You see, I know how important it is for me to preach. But we don't see the importance of our gifts. Therefore, we think I got plenty of time I'm just moseying along. No, you've got to see an urgency for the gift that God has given you. When you see an urgency and you're flaming it, you're going to find a way to do it. You're going to teach somebody if you've got to find somebody to teach. You're going to lay hands on somebody if you've got to go down to the veterinarian and lay hands on the sick puppies. You see, you got to feel the mandate that's on your life. Once you find the mandate on your life, you're going to find out your life going to change because then it's going to shape purpose into your life. And what you're going through is going to start making sense to you because of what God has called you to do. I didn't call you. Who called you? Y'all understand what I'm saying? You don't have to follow nobody else's pattern. Somebody that's ancient to heard the word going to hear what I said this morning, whether I moan it out Chilled it down, or what I did, they're gonna hear the word. I know God sent me here from Algeria to give you this message this morning. And in your confusion, the devil gonna work havoc in your life. 
You need to know your calling. You can't, you can't feign something that you don't know about, that you're not sure about. You've been here 20 years. How long is it going to take you to find out what your gifting is? There's a reason for my existence. There's a reason why the devil hasn't killed me off. I have a purpose. There's a reason why I'm still holding on to my faith. I have a purpose. Amen. God sent me here to tell the people to paint it, paint that gift. Paint it, stir up the gift within you. Paint it until it starts blazing. Can you imagine that this section is blazing, this section is blazing, this section is blazing, not just in the church, but they go out here in flames of fire. Anything that's going on in your life is serving a purpose. It's there to serve a purpose. The purpose that it's going to serve is to make you peel out of that shell that you're in until you can be birthed unto what God has called you to be. Look at the great people in the world right now. All of them was birthed out of adversities. They none of them had anything purpose in their perfect in their life. They were birthed out of adversities. And when you overcome the things that's afflicting you and holding you down, you're going to discover really the importance of the gift that God has given you. Anybody struggling with something over and over and over and over again? Ain't nobody's business but yours. I ain't going to ask you what it is. You're struggling with it. Every time you get so far, you, you go into a struggle. Now, let me tell you this. The secret is this. Once you overcome the thing you're struggling with, that's the time you're going to be promoted to the next grade. Wilma Rudolph, get it right. Young girl had a problem with her leg. She got to trying to drag it around. She started playing basketball. All of this to overcome her affliction. She got good at basketball. She said, I'm going to run some. She started running. The next thing you know, she's setting a record. Not because of the absence of the affliction, but because of the affliction, when she overcame that affliction, she was world class. You're not going to be world class until you overcome what you are going through. And God has given you exactly what you need to overcome with. Stop asking God to take it. I said, God, give me the ability to overcome this stuff. Because your ability to overcome is going to put you in the next level that God has in store for you. Put them hand together and praise God for what you're going through right now. Praise God for it. Praise God for it. Who would have ever thought 